So the title tonight is Your Gift in the Church. And the first thing that I wanna talk about is the difference between a gift and a talent. Because sometimes we switch those up. God just gave me this gift. God just gave me this gift. God gave me this ability. That is a true statement. So the first thing I wanna note about gifts and talents are that gifts and talents are both from God. They are both God-given, okay? The second thing that I wanna note about talents and gifts is a talent is natural. A talent is natural. That comes, okay, let's just, let's just do this. I'll show you this. Um, artistic people, raise your hand. Okay, they were born that way. Jessie came out writing calligraphy. She probably signed her own birth certificate. I'm pretty positive, okay? All right, what about um, learners? Like you could read for days. Anybody? Okay. What about, I hate school with everything within me. It is dumb. They should let me do something with my hands. Okay. OCD friends, raise your hand. Okay, um, people that don't understand OCD people, raise your hand. Excellent. All right, all right. I like it. All right, if you would say like, I feel like, I just naturally lead. Raise your hand. Okay. Okay, do we see natural gifts and talents, natural talents in the room? These would not be referred to as gifts. These would be referred to as talents. You were born with these. We're born, some of us artistic, some of us very much so not artistic. Um, some of us, um, what about sports? You're like, okay, Brandon is an athletic freak. And I'm not, that is so not even degrading. Anything he tries, he can do. Like, he's like, I know I'm five foot, but I can dunk it. Do you want me to do a backflip? How about three? Like, he got calls from the principal because he's doing backflips off of vehicles and lockers in high school when most people are like, I'm just trying to walk um, in heels. And Brandon's doing backflips in them. No, I'm just joking, he wears heels. <laughs> but... Okay, so we have our athletic people that you're just, you're just an athlete. It is what it is. When you try something, you're good at it. And then there's some of us that are like, no, no, I tried athletics. That never worked out for me. No, never. I can't walk and dribble at the same time. I can't, it's, you can't do it. So there's talents that we have. Those are natural. Okay, natural talents can only produce natural results. Natural talents can only produce natural results. Gifts, on the other hand, those are God-given, but those are births in the spirit realm. So we have our natural birth and we get natural talents and we have our spiritual birth, which is salvation, and we get the gifts that God has given us, okay? We seeing the difference so far? Everybody tracking? Okay, next point is that talent is possessed by the saved and the unsaved. Talent is possessed by the saved and the unsaved. Gifts are only possessed by the saved because an unsaved person does not have access to spiritual gifts in their life. Only saved people have access to spiritual gifts, but saved and unsaved have talent, okay? All right, next one. Talents can be developed and expected. You can be a natural athlete, but you still have to work at it, right? I like to work horses, I like to rope, and I do it almost every day. I did it at six o'clock this morning because I want to get better. I'm gifted and I'm talented. I'm talented, that's not a gift, talent, in that area, but I still have to practice that. I still have to develop that. 
Spiritual gifts, on the other hand, okay, not um, developed and expected, but they are matured and surprising. Because here's the thing, I can mature the gift that God has put on the inside of me. God doesn't give me something undeveloped. God gives me the gift and everything that it can be when I receive Jesus. I have the fullness of that, but I have to grow and mature spiritually in order to see the fullness of it. And as you walk in that, then you go, oh wow, I didn't know I, I didn't know I could do that. I didn't know that God could do that through me. I had no clue that I could even think this way. I had no clue that I could do this this way. I had no clue that my natural gift could be so incredible when it is with my spiritual gift. So do we see how that can kind of flow together there? So it's not, I cannot produce a spiritual gift by myself. I can't decide I'm gonna practice the spiritual gift of mercy. No, that has to be matured in my life, which means as I grow in the word, as I grow in my relationship with God, then that gift, Jesse's perfect at it. So if you have questions, now as you grow in your gift, then it becomes matured in you. I can't produce spiritual things on my own. I'm a physical, natural being. Everybody good so far? Okay, this is all come full circle, but I wanna make sure we're tracking. Talents can be used selfishly. Gifts are to serve God's purpose. Talents can be used selfishly. Gifts are to serve God's purpose. Talents in and of themselves point at me, not at God. Is basically what that means. Talents in and of, you think about talented people. Okay, think about Michael Jordan. What's the first thing that comes to your mind? Basketball, not God. Think of a prophet, first thing that comes to your mind. Usually has something to do with God, right? Do you see that? So natural gifts will point to a person or a thing. Spiritual gifts will point back to God and are glorify God in that. So when people see us walking in our gift of serving, if you're a gifted server or, or gifted in giving, or when people see that gift, they go, wow, because it'll glorify God. But when I'm just talented at something, it will always be, Shelby's good at that. Shelby can do, it'll point at me or the thing, but it won't point at God. Gifts will point to God. So that's the difference. Now here's how this kind of flows together. So you're like, well then why did God give me both? It makes no sense. Okay, we are a physical body, correct? None of you are physical bodies. All of us are physical bodies, that's good. Pinch the person next to you, make sure. Okay, physical bodies. When I receive Jesus, my spirit man is then made alive to God, right? So I can walk in my flesh, I can walk according to the physical, or I can walk according to the spirit and the power that's living inside of me. So I'm a physical being operating from a spiritual standpoint. I'm operating from a spiritual position. I'm operating from the spirit man that lives inside of me. It says, walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh, right? So I can walk in the flesh or I can walk in the spirit. I can walk in the natural or I can walk in the spirit man that's inside me. Okay, our talent and our gift is the same way. And I wanna paint the picture of almost a doorway that our talent is the doorway that God uses to connect us to certain people, to certain places. And then when we operate in our gift, the gift uses the doorway of our talent to be able to serve the body of Christ. Is that making sense? Okay, that's the picture that that uses. If Jesse, I will never reach the artistic world ever, ever. 
Jesse will. That's a talent that Jesse has. When Jesse operates in her gift, then the people are served. The body of Christ are served through her gift. You tracking? Okay. And there'll be things in the natural that you just can't do. Okay. I stage fright to the nines. I know a lot of you are like, really? Yes. Okay. I took speech online in college because I can't talk in front of people. I then coached and to do like the parent award thing literally gives me like a meltdown. Announcements stresses me out. I can't handle it. Like it's, ah, I'm like back there having a panic attack before I walk on stage. I have severe stage, stage fright in the natural. My spiritual gift is teacher. It's kind of hard to be a teacher when you got stage fright. Can't talk to people, right? So when I allow, when I surrender that and go, God, in the natural, I can't stand on this stage and talk. But when I allow that gift to use the door of the connection that I have and the people that God has set me to reach, then that gift flows through and this can be accomplished. Does that make sense? So this is nothing of Shelby. This is no talent of Shelby because I would still talk online. But it's the gift of God that flows through. Okay, are we seeing the two, the, the differences? Okay, so now that we have that kind of established there, and, and we think about even like natural things outside of just us when we think about talent. Okay, I have several different horses. There are some horses that are, they're meant to run barrels, and there are some that definitely should never, ever, ever, ever run barrels. Why? This horse is talented to run barrels. So we even can see this in the natural where it's not just us, that there's things that are talented to do certain things and things that are definitely not talented to do certain things. So I want us to just lay that foundation that we go, okay, so God gave my talents that I have in the natural, God gave me on purpose. Because sometimes we think those are accidental. Because when we think on the big picture of the body of Christ, you're like, I can build things. Not sure how that's gonna help me on Sundays at church. I can draw things, I can write things, I can, and we, we feel like our gifts or our, our talents, our natural talents, we feel like our talents are not useful in the body of Christ. So it can make us feel like we don't have a place. God didn't, God didn't give me the gift to speak. God didn't give me the platform to speak. God didn't give me, and so I'm, I'm not useful in the body. That's a lie from the enemy because our natural talents are for a purpose to serve the body of Christ, but they were never meant to be relied on alone. Because if we don't understand the gifts that God has given us beyond our talent, then that door that the gifts are supposed to operate through will actually close off. And we'll try to reach the people around us on talent alone and wonder why there's no spiritual results. We'll try to rely on our talent in, in any area. It can, it can be anything, but I'll rely on my talent. We can not allow even our spiritual gift to operate when we're say even preparing messages or in our word time or in, and I'm trying to grow spiritually and I'm trying to grow my family and I'm trying to do, but we're relying on our talent to learn or our talent to read and not allowing the gift that God has given us to bring those things to pass in our life. We see how this works. Okay. So don't feel like just because you have a talent that doesn't seem like it has a place in the, in the body of Christ, that, that it doesn't. You absolutely have a place in the body of Christ because there's no one created that doesn't have a place for them in the body of Christ. That's how God created it. All right, so how do I 
If our first question was, what is a talent? What is a gift? Our second question is, how do I even know that I'm gifted? People tell me that I'm gifted, but how do I actually know this? So let's look at the scriptures that we've been looking at kind of through this whole series, but let's look at 1 Corinthians 12. will be our first one. Good job. Thank you back there. <laughs> All right, and we're going to start in verse four. And it says, There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to who? Each one for the profit of. No, so not for the profit of us, but to the profit of all. We'll circle back to that later. For to one is given the word of wisdom, to. Um, through the Spirit, to another a word of knowledge in the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, and to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, and another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works in all things, distributing to each one, what's that next word? Individually. Individually, as he wills. Now let's look at Romans 12, three. So if you have received Jesus, you have access to these gifts. For I say through the grace given to me to everyone who is among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to who? Each one a measure of faith. For as we have many members in one body, but all the members do not have the same function. So we being many are one body in Christ. And what's that next word? Individually members of one another. Individually members of one another. Let's look at one more scripture. Let's go to Ephesians 4. And we'll start in, in verse seven. And it says, but to, what's that next word? Each one of us was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Each one of us. Everybody say, I have a gift. Everybody look at the person next to you and say, you have a gift. And then look at the person on the other side of you and say, my gift doesn't actually work without you. <laughs> okay, because it says that we've been given gifts <laughs> Casper working well over there. <laughs> Jake's talking to the empty seat. You should fill that seat. Bring a friend next week. All right. So in the <laughs> individually of one another, here's the thing about our spiritual gift that God has given us. It is impossible for that gift to mature to maximum capacity of what God has, to mature to the fullness. For me to reach the fullness of my potential, it is impossible for me to do that without other gifts in the body. Impossible. I cannot on my own with my spiritual gift, reach the full capacity of what God has for me, reach the full potential of what God has for me without the gifts in operation in the body of Christ. It's impossible. We have to have each other, but we all have access to these gifts. 
Okay, there was a guy that went on a cruise and he used all his money and he paid to go on this cruise. Well, when he gets there, there's this huge buffet that's set out before him. And he goes into his cabin and grabs his cheese and crackers. And he goes and he sits down and he eats his cheese and crackers. Well, he's on like a seven-day cruise. So he just continues eating these cheese and crackers, these cheese and crackers, these cheese and crackers. Well, then the last day of the cruise, it's this extra big buffet and feast for everyone that's been on the cruise ship for that many days. And the captain's down there and he sees this guy eating cheese and crackers again. So he walks over and he goes, sir, I don't really mean to bother you, but why do you keep eating just cheese and crackers? Like, is there, you have this huge buffet of food. And he said, Captain, I'll be honest with you. I spent all my money to buy the ticket to get on this boat. And um, I don't have enough money to buy food. So I packed cheese and crackers. And the captain said, I'm really sorry no one told you, but the buffet is included in your ticket on the cruise. So this entire time he's been settling for cheese and crackers when there's a buffet in front of him. And sometimes we do the same thing with our gift. We have access to all the promises of God. We have access to everything that this word says we have access to. I have access to all the gifts that God has prepared for me. I have access to them, but sometimes I'll settle to where I feel comfortable or what I can handle because it costs too much, or I think it costs too much, or I think that those gifts are just for the elite people, or those those gifts are just for these people. Those gifts are just for, for people in leadership, people without a past, people that have it all together. And we'll think that those, that just belongs to those people. I can't actually accomplish that. And we settle for cheese and crackers instead of eating off the buffet that God has for us. And so it's another lie of the enemy on this point is our lie before is that my talent doesn't give me a place in the body. Our lie here, because the enemy wants to keep us in deception to keep us from ever maximizing our potential in Christ. And our lie here from the enemy is that you have to settle for cheese and crackers because you're not worthy of the gift that God talks about in the Bible. You're not worthy of the gifts that he has in store. When you receive Jesus, you're worthy. When you receive Jesus, you're, he made all of this accessible. And there's nothing that can change that because we made the choice that I'm gonna receive Jesus. I'm gonna live for him. And he said, here you go. So it's available to us. So don't settle for cheese and crackers. All right, next point. So how do I use my gift? I know the difference between gifts and talents at this point. I know that I actually have a gift. So how do I use this? And this is the part of the message that I believe is probably the biggest revelation to me. And I wanna break it down and take some time here on this. This is the last point, but it's gonna take the rest of the time to really explain this because how do we use our gift? I wanna go back to the beginning when I said that natural talents are birds in the natural. Spiritual gifts are birds in the spiritual, correct? Okay. When Jesus died, he dies on the cross, he, he rose three days later. He died for our sins, yes. He died that we would have eternal life with him, yes. But the other thing that was born, or the other life when Jesus was resurrected, the life that was produced was the body of Christ. And the body of Christ has two parts. The first part of the body of Christ is that I have to celebrate the risen physical body of Christ in order to receive salvation, okay? We good with that? So the body of Christ, Jesus's physical body, we do that with communion. We do that when we receive salvation, we, we are saying, Jesus, I recognize that you died for me. I repent of my sins. I recognize that you took them all on the cross. 
And so that's one portion of the body of Christ that gives us salvation. So that's what makes these gifts come alive, right? So our gifts are manufactured in the body of Christ, correct? Okay, here's the second part of the body of Christ. The second part of the body of Christ is when Jesus rose, it created a family once again with God. So when it talks about the body of Christ, it's also talking about the family of Christ where we are all sons and daughters of God, that there's no grandkids, there's no orphans, there's, no, there's none of that, that we are all children of God. So now God is restoring family just like he had started in Eden. So now this is also referred to as the body of Christ, which is also referred to as the church. So this is the second part of the body of Christ. Now these spiritual gifts were made available to us through salvation, which was the physical body of Christ. So the gifts that were given to me that were manufactured in the body of Christ now must be maintained in the body of Christ. So I go from, I received Jesus and he gave me these gifts. And now in order for these to mature, in order for me to grow spiritually, I have to maintain these, these gifts connected to the body of Christ, which is the church outside of the body of Christ, we will always limit our capacity. Outside of the body of Christ, our capacity will always be limited. Our spiritual growth will always be limited. I received Jesus, but I'm not connected to the church. That was the whole, the whole Jesus wants family. Jesus wants connection. That's what he birthed part of out of his resurrection was that the family, the church would be established. Outside of the church, I cannot grow spiritually outside of the body of Christ, my growth is limited. Because what, I'm, what am I trying to do? I'm trying to disconnect and say, okay, um, if Raleigh lost a finger, the baby back there, that finger would not continue to grow in proportion with his body. It will die. Do we see that? That finger will not continue to grow. He cannot pull the finger out of the fridge 10 years later and hope it matches the length of his other fingers. That finger was a gift given to him at birth, but it disattached itself from the body and growth is now stunted. When we receive salvation and we receive gifts that God has given to us, and then we disconnect ourselves from the body of Christ, our growth will be stunted. Growth can only be maintained where it was manufactured and that's in the body of Christ. So how do we use our gifts? Well, first we recognize that we have them. And most of you took the spiritual gifts test, but we recognize that we have them, but then we can't use them if they're not growing and we can't grow spiritually if we're not connected to the body. The, the purpose of our gifts is to serve the body of Christ, not to serve me, but to serve the body of Christ. And that is how we grow. That's how Jesus created, that's how he ordained it. When it talks about the, the body of Christ, you think about your physical body, right? How many things have to be in operation all of the time in order to function, in order to grow? There's a lot going on. Okay, think about stubbing your toe. You just stubbed your toe. Is your toe the only thing working at that point to tell you it hurts? No, there's nerves in that toe that send signals clear to your head. That's a long way to travel. So now we got stuff coming clear to your head that says that hurt, move toe, 
hop on one leg and yell things. So now our toe hurts, our mouth is moving, our brain is moving, this leg's moving just because that toe was stubbed. And then it says use same stub toe to kick device that stubbed you. And then you kick it with the same stub toe. Okay, do you see all of what just had to happen with a stub toe? I need the entirety of my body functioning at optimal capacity for me to be able to grow and for me to be able to do my everyday life. The same thing is true in the body of Christ is that every single person has a purpose. Every, you think about that. Every person on earth has a purpose in the body of Christ. Every person. Not just certain people, not just people that seem to have it all together. Every person has a purpose in the body of Christ. Say, I have a purpose in the body of Christ. Okay, but the thing is, is that your purpose in the body of Christ, again, cannot operate without the people sitting around you, without the people sitting next to you. It all has to work together because sometimes we can think that my gifts and my talents set me apart and now I can function without the team because everyone else seems to be a little beneath me. And it's dangerous when we operate that way. When I coached basketball, I had this girl that had pretty much that thought. She, um, she was better than anyone else on the team. No one else really mattered. The team, she didn't have to run the plays because the team was probably gonna run them wrong. She didn't have to pass when she was supposed to pass. She wouldn't push the ball up the floor. She'd take it herself every time. If she turned it over a hundred times, she didn't care because for some reason her turnover was better than her team working together. So this goes on and on and on and on. So finally I called timeout. I went and talked to the refs. I was nice to the refs because I was a ref. So I, I chatted with the refs and I said, I'm gonna put one girl in and I need you to let it fly. It's JV game. So I told, you're out, you're out, you're out. They all go sit down. And I sent one girl on the floor. And I said, have at it, sunshine. I said, you clearly don't need your team. You don't need your coach. You can do this all by yourself. How'd that work? You guys all can see this going over in your mind like that's a terrible idea, right? Okay, why was that important though? Because even if she was more talented than everybody else on her team, she was still ineffective alone. There was still only so much she could accomplish on her own without her team. The body of Christ was never meant to operate solo. And there's two ways that we can operate solo. Either I isolate myself and I stay disconnected from the body of Christ because it's really not all that important to go to church. It's not that important to be connected and it's not. And so I isolate myself. Or on the other end of the spectrum is I am way more gifted than anyone in that church. And so I actually don't need the team of people and so I can operate on my own. So there's two isolations that we can use because of our giftings, that I recognize my gift. Well, now I'm gonna isolate myself because either over there, it's not good enough or I can use my gift where I want and when I want and how I want. And over here, it's my gift puts me above everyone else in my life. And so then we use our isolation two different ways. The lion will slay any animal that goes astray. The lion will stray, any animal that goes astray, any isolation is not safe. And in the body of Christ, when we isolate ourselves, a couple things happen. Anybody had a, a tooth pulled? Yeah? Okay. When you pull a tooth, 
and you either don't have one growing underneath or you don't get a cap or, or porcelain or something else put in its place, the rest of your teeth will spread out to bridge the gap because there's a hole there that wasn't supposed to be there. When we don't recognize our importance in the body of Christ, there's a hole there that's not supposed to be there. And now the things that are important in the places that everybody else is supposed to fill, now we have gaps across the board because of isolation. It affects the body. It makes a difference. Connection is key to our spiritual growth. It's absolutely key. Spiritual growth is a group project. We all had group projects in high school. We've had group projects in college, right? Okay, with these group projects, there's still individual responsibilities. Now I was the one in the group project that was like, you guys all buy me coffee, I will do all the work. Not good, because I was thinking, none of you are up to my A par. <laughs> I'll just be honest with how I felt. But our spiritual group is a group effort with individual responsibility. Bible says to walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Your own salvation, not their own. It doesn't say that anybody's gonna walk out your salvation for you. It says to walk out your own salvation with fear and trembling. But it also says, do not forsake the assembling of yourselves together. But then it says, let us bear one another's burdens. The next line is contradictory and says, let each one carry his own weight. So when you think about that, you're like, bear there? Do I, do I bear? Do I not bear? What am I supposed to do? What it's saying there is, no, they're going through something. Let's go connect with them. Let's go help them carry it. But that doesn't mean I'm going to carry it for you. That means you're going to carry your weight too, and I'm going to help you through it. That's what the body of Christ does. So there's an individual responsibility, but it's a group project that I can't be who Shelby's created to be without the body of Christ. And guys, at this point and forever for the rest of my life, I will be a product of the local church because God established it this way. There's the universal church and that is everyone everywhere. And there's a local church and that is some people somewhere. And every single person, think about it. Every person on earth has a local church that they're supposed to be planted in. Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish. Planted. Planted means I'm there. Planted means I have roots. Planted means I'm connected. And it changes everything. But then here's the other thing. A plant that is planted offers something to the soil and to the stuff around it. It offers something. So what this means is that now when I'm planted in the house of God, when I'm planted in the body of Christ, I'm growing spiritually so I'm growing with the gifts that God has given me. And then with my talents, I have connections with people that no one else has. And that gift is still flowing through me. So now I'm reaching the body out here because I'm connected to the body in here. So when we're connected in here, then we can grow things out there. But we have to be connected. Well, then I'm giving things off. Then I'm growing. Then the people around me are growing. And then the people around me are growing me and I didn't even know I was growing. And then I'm growing them and they don't know that they're growing. And we grow together. At the Special Olympics, they were having the, one of the, the races and this kid fell down. And all of the other athletes that were running that race stopped. And they went back and they picked him up and they carried him forward. And they all crossed the finish line together. 
And they interviewed him afterwards and they said, why did you guys do that? And they said, well, it wasn't about who was gonna win the race. We all have disabilities and that could have happened to any of us. And I thought about that picture in the body of Christ that if we were to view each other that way to go, we all have disabilities and any of us could have fallen into that trap. Any of us could have messed up. Any of us could have had that hard time. And we linked arms as the body that it's not about where God's taken me with my gift so that I can't actually stop and help you with where you're at because God's taken me places. Because with that mentality, you've isolated yourself from your body because that person that just fell has something you need to succeed. So you're just gonna be pulled over on the side of the road when they catch up. Isolation is dangerous. Our gift connected to the body of Christ matters. And this is something I wanna say as far as when we say, well, I just attend church online. I just wanna attend church. Does anybody in here have a virtual arm? Do you have a virtual toe? Some of you are like, yes, my phone, I can't function without it, it's virtual. Do you have a virtual leg? Do you have virtual eyes? None of you have virtual body parts that are helping you function. Attending church online is saying, I have a virtual body part that's helping me function. You won't grow. Your growth will be capped. Your growth will stop. And here's the thing with that is we have to really look at when we're looking at the body of Christ and okay, so now my gifts are operating in the body of Christ. I'm growing spiritually. Why church? Why do I have to go to church? Why do I have to be a part of a church? Why can't I grow on my own? Why can't I grow out there? Well, we have to look at what we're supposed to be getting out of church and the purpose of church and not just what we think. Cause we think we come to hear a sermon. And if we're just coming to hear a sermon, you can listen to 12 of them on any place you want. YouTube, Google it. Like go on the church website, listen to a sermon, watch it online. You can watch those things anywhere. You can watch a sermon. So if all you're coming for is a sermon, you're not growing anyway because I'm just here to hear a sermon. Instead, I'm supposed to be coming to church because here's the thing, by grace, we have been saved. The same word for gift is the word charis, which is also the word grace. When you look it up in the Greek and the Hebrew. So by grace, I have been saved and by grace, we serve the body of Christ. It's the same grace at work. And so I come to church because it's growing me. I come to church because I need my body to function properly and me just being by myself is not growing. So I need the body for that purpose. I need to use my gifts that God has given me to serve the body of Christ. But because when I use what God has given me to serve the body of Christ, then it grows me and it grows my family and it grows my home. When we take care of God's house, he takes care of our house and we serve the body of Christ with the gifts that he's given us, okay? So we gotta reframe our purpose of why we come to church. It's for the purpose of connection. It's for the purpose of connecting my gift to the vision, my gift to the body, my gift to the people around me. It is not just to hear a sermon. Because when it's just to hear a sermon, you can hear a sermon anywhere. You can hear a sermon anywhere. You can hear a sermon online. You can come to church and listen to a sermon online. But if you're not connected, you can't grow. When you're not connected, you're operating in the natural. Okay, is anybody super annoyed by the lack of light in this joint tonight? Yeah, okay, it's a problem. Here's the thing and the point that I wanna make with that. They're in church just hanging here, but they're not connected. It's annoying to everyone, <laughs> right? 
okay? That's why I told Brandon, I don't care what lights you turn off, but it better annoy the entire congregation and go let our staff know that they can't go turn them on in the back. It's for a purpose. Okay, here's why. They're connected. The lights in this room, they all have the same capacity, right? They're all there. But some of them are not connected to the power source that they're supposed to be connected to to function, which means A, they're not producing light. B, here's what else it means. Any electricians in the room? There's electricians or electricity still running to where those box things are, right? I don't know what all the technical terms. The electricity is still running to them. They're just not connected, which means the power stops at them. Everybody says that burns so good. Okay, the power stops with them. There's nothing coming out of them because they're in church every Sunday, actually. They have never missed the service. Even during COVID, those faithful beasts. Okay, but there's no light being produced. The power stops where they're at and it affects everyone in the room. They have the appearance. So we can come to church. I go to church. I don't have to serve in my church. I go to church. I don't have to be connected. I go to church. It's apparent to everyone in the room. And you've been given a gift and that's not a, a condemning statement. That's saying, man, your growth is stunted. Like you're a spiritual midget. And you have everything that you can connect to to grow. God has made it all available to us to be able to grow, to be able to be everything that God created us to be, to be able to, did you know, physically speaking, everything has a growth limit. Think about it. Trees can only get so tall. Fish only get so big. I was gonna use us as an example, but I struggled with this all day. <laughs> okay, I just gotta take this side note with this. The song that my mom picked for Conquer, I feel like it should be prophetic because it says, I come in heavy, I walk out light. I cannot sing that song in holiness whatsoever because I'm like, mmm, it's a spiritual diet plan. Like that's, that's what we're singing. Okay, but anyway, everything has a growth limit. Okay, we only are gonna get so tall. Okay, my dream in high school, and I prayed, God, he grew in wisdom and stature. He grew in wisdom and stature because I wanted to play in the WNBA. Cute little me. And I was gonna be six foot. My parents are like, we're not six foot. I'm like, I don't care. Nothing is impossible with them to believe. And I was convinced I was gonna go play basketball way far away and it was gonna happen. Obviously, I try. Every week my heels get taller, but it's just a natural effect. It does nothing for me. In reality, there is a limit on physical growth. Did you know the only growth that there's no limit on is spiritual? The only limit that can be put on a spiritual growth is what we put on it when we disconnect from the body of Christ because we're trying to maintain something that was manufactured in the body and we're trying to maintain it in the natural and hope for spiritual results. And it's impossible 
for that to happen. So I'm trying to take my gifts and I'm trying to use them out there while I'm not connected to the body and I'm not having an effect. I'm not seeing what the word says I should be seeing because I'm trying to maintain them somewhere they were never meant to be maintained. If they were manufactured in the body, they have to be maintained in the body. And so we have to look at, okay, the natural, and so I wanna encourage you and you write this in the bottom of your notes, write down, what are the natural gifts that God has given me? The natural gifts that God has given you. Sometimes these are even overlooked because we feel like they don't matter. No, no, a gift is, or the natural talent, I guess I should say, a talent is a talent. God gave you that, it matters. God doesn't accidentally make you good at something. God doesn't accidentally make you passionate about something. And sometimes we spend our lives going, that's what I'm talented to do and that's what I'm passionate about, but I'm just gonna do this because it's what brings the income or it's what makes things happen or what I promise you, promise you 100% that if you would connect yourself to the body of Christ, that if you would connect yourself in your local church, you would connect yourself to the body and go, these are the gifts that God has given me. These are the talents that God has given me. And you watch the doors that open on your behalf that God can work through the talents, the natural talents that he has given you. And then you'll be doing things that you don't even know you are passionate about doing. It'll give you a new passion, the job you already have, if you like it. Um, or it'll give you an entirely new thing. Guys, I can't tell you the doors that have opened, things that I didn't even think that I wanted to do and things that I didn't even think, but lined up with the gifts that, or the talents that I had in the natural that I thought meant nothing with the church. Honestly, my thought process was anything I like in the natural will do nothing in the church. So I was one of those people that struggled going, I really like to rodeo and I really like to rope. Turns out I can't ride my horse into the auditorium the church doesn't often have ropings. I did, I had a whole, a whole season where I went, I wanna, I wanna rodeo. I don't even know how God is gonna use this. I wanna rope, I wanna work horses. I, I like those things, but it's not gonna do anything in church. And there was this bitterness almost of going, God, why did you even give me this desire? Why'd you give me this passion? Why'd you give me a, a talent to, to work a horse and make horses and do, I can't use it in the church? Guys, the second that I decided I will be planted in the house of God, I will be planted in the house of God, I will not move. I will stay planted where I'm supposed to be planted. I will seek God, I will find out what local church I'm supposed to be planted in. I will be planted there, I will serve there. And on a rare occasion, will I miss because I'm planted and I'm there for a purpose and it is important and it matters. And there's a whole lot of things that I could say no to that are doing nothing for me eternally than church. And I said, okay, that's what, and my parents had this rule in high school and it really ticked me off at the time. And now I'm like, thank, thank you, Yoda. <laughs> we were allowed to do anything. We could sports. You bet. Rodeo, you bet. We had to commit to it, we had to follow through. There was all of that. But if the rodeo landed on Sunday, 
we couldn't go. Guys, I can't tell you how many saddles that were waiting for me on Sunday morning. Oren, I got married. Scott tells me, I'm so glad your parents made you go to church on Sundays because my boys won a whole lot of money with you guys not there. Thank you. Okay, no, but that's where Brent and I would be sitting excellent in the average in the team rope in. I would be winning the barrels. I'd be winning the breakaway and there are buckles and there is money just waiting for me to arrive on Sunday morning. And my mom's like, okay, load up, time to go to church. Jesus gave me this gift to get the saddle tomorrow. That's what he did. Nope, we're going to church. And it, it made me frustrated made me frustrated when I'm the only one that my parents walking into my basketball coach. My daughter needs to be in church on Wednesday night. So we'll be picking her up at this time. I'm that kid. <laughs> I'm that kid. And I didn't understand it then. And I'm like, I'm sure God does not want me publicly humiliated again. And I didn't understand it. And I'm not saying it's like this huge sin to miss church. Like, that's not what I'm saying. I need you to catch the heart of what, what they were trying to, to do is go what you could accomplish for yourself in the natural on Sunday does not lay a hand to what God will do eternally in your life when you're connected to the body of Christ. They understood connection. They understood being planted and they understood that when I'm planted, I'm gonna flourish. And it bothered me then and now I'm that person that's like, mm -mm, we're gonna drive all night. We're gonna be back to church on Sunday morning. We will not miss church. It's not worth it. If, I, if everything that I can do to control it, I'm, I'm gonna be there because I'm planted. And I know that God created the body and I go the very thing that he died to create, I boycott because my talent does better for me. And it's a sad fact for us to face but it was something that was very irritating to me then and now something that I'm very grateful for. And where I was going with all that sidetrack is when I decided that, no, that mattered. And I know that made a difference in my life because I know there was things that I never questioned that I should do or not to do. I know the eternal things that were put in my life and placed in my life that lines I would never cross. And I know that it was a result of being planted in the house of God, not a result of anything else. And all of those talents and those passions that I had, God has used a hundred times over. A hundred times over that I let go and I trusted him. And I said, God, you know my passions, you gave them to me. You know my talents, you gave them to me. I'm gonna trust you and I'm gonna obey your word because I wanna be all that you've created me to be and I can't do that disconnected from the body. So I'm gonna connect myself and I'm gonna be where you've created me to be. Guys, the natural talents, that I had, the natural desires and passions that I had, he opened doors that I didn't even think were possible. Places that he put me, people that he put me with, that I'm able to have an influence with now and still be here and still be connected and still be serving. And I'm more fulfilled with every passion and every desire that God has given me than I ever could have been had they let me ditch every week to go fulfill my passion, to go fulfill my talent. And so if you'll all stand with me, when I say to write down those natural talents and those natural things that God has given you, they matter and they matter to God. Guys, he cares so much about the little things in our life. But then on the other side of that, then go, okay, what are my gifts? What are my gifts? And recognize, have I closed that door off 
to the gifts being able to operate through my life? Have I closed those things off? Have I, have I shut off what God wants to do so now I'm trying to produce spiritual from natural? It's not possible. Our natural gifts can never, ever, ever, no matter how godly we say they are, can never produce spiritual results because they're natural. But when I allow the gifts of God to flow through the natural, the limits are taken off. The limits we've even put on ourselves, the limits I put on myself, they are psh, gone. Stuff I didn't even think was possible. Dreams, little things that I thought were insignificant. That God goes, look at that door open. Look at that door open. Look at that door open. But it costs something. It costs me saying, I'm not going to give in to my flesh. I'm not going to live disconnected. And again, I don't want this to come across condemning. I don't want this to come across. I, I want it to come across convicting because that's what the Holy Spirit does. Um, but not in a, in a bad way that there's guilt and there's shame. There's anything like that but on the side of going, am I connected to the body? Am I truly connected? Or am I that light up there? And I'd ask you to ask yourself that because it's not that I wanna point out and go, well, if you're that light up there, everybody knows it. <laughs> That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying there's so much more that you have to offer than not producing any power, any light, anything. God has so much more for you. God has so many doors that you don't even know exist. If you would just trust him, just trust him. The gifts, the talents are for a purpose. So God has given us gifts. Every single one of us has gifts. Every single one of us has talents, but they're for a purpose. Let God do what he could do with them. Guys, it says that he, we can't fathom what he thinks. His thoughts are not our thoughts, but they're so much higher than what we could think about what God has in store for your life. And sometimes we limit him by going, God, I need you just to bless this thing. God, I just need you to make this thing work. And he's like, why would I make that thing work when I have this thing for you over here? So that's part of surrendering our talents, surrendering our gifts and going, God, I don't want to operate in the natural. I want to operate from the spirit realm. I want to operate in what you've made available to me not in what I have cap the capability to do. Does that make sense?